Olá pessoal, tudo bem? And welcome to the Brazil Crypto Report podcast, where we talk to the builders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from across the Brazil crypto ecosystem. I'm your host, Aaron Stanley, and today I'm joined by Fernando Martinez, who is a reporter with Portal do Bitcoin, which is a leading cryptocurrency news platform in Brazil. Fernando and his colleagues have been doing a fantastic job covering the collapse of Bryce Company, which is a massive cryptocurrency pyramid scheme that uh, until recently was operating out of northeastern Brazil and has been uh, imploding in recent months. Uh, it's a pretty wild story, and there are quite a bit of twists and turns that we're going to talk about here. And we're also going to provide some broader context around the, uh, the fast and loose world of cryptocurrency pyramids uh, in Brazil. So uh, with that, Fernando, IAE, tudo bem? Thanks for joining us. Hi, Aaron. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be to be here and to talking about our job and our reporting. So thank you for the Great. opportunity. Thank you. Um, so for context, uh, Fernando and I actually recorded the first edition <laughs> of this about two weeks ago. Uh, and then I think right after, like the day after we recorded, uh, the Bryce company offices were actually raided by authorities and a bunch of things have sort of changed since then. So we decided to do sort of a, a, a second, a do over here, a second edition. So, um, so for, really quick, Fernando, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and uh, Portal de Bitcoin? Well, partying on cryptocurrency since September of 2021. And since then, it's been a wild journey. Uh, I can't doing reports about these Ponzi schemes and for, about serious projects uh, too. Uh, before that, I, I was covering the justice Brazilian system. So it was a difficult experience because it's a raw thing, but it was uh, very ritual too. So, but since September 2021, I'm covering cryptocurrency in Portal do Bitcoin that As you said, it's kind of the major news vehicle about cryptocurrency here in Brazil. So, Great, great, great. Um, so to get started, why don't you give us a bit of context about what is Bryce Company? Uh, like who, what is this company? Like who are they involved in it? Who is investing in this? Okay, so Bryce Company is a, a company that was created in uh, 2018. Uh, but it, it really started to, to gain momentum in 2020. And now we, we know for sure, because the prosecutors are, are saying this, it's a Ponzi scheme. People pay money and the owners use that money to pay the old clients. And that's how it goes. But in Brazil, we had these Ponzi schemes that use it cryptocurrency as a bait, but Bryce Company, it's a little different because they just don't, don't use cryptocurrency just as a bait. They, they say that they rent Bitcoins or cryptocurrency for their clients. They trade with this crypto, cryptocurrency and give the profits to the clients and take a fee. And what they do, they ask to the clients, open an account and an exchange to buy cryptocurrency and to send this cryptocurrency to the owners of the Bryce company that are Antonio Neto Ice and Fabricia Campos. Fabricia Campos, they are a couple. And once they get this cryptocurrency, they they use to their 
I, I, we don't know yet. Well, where are there these cryptocurrencies? These are things that are yet to be disclosed to the public. So basically, as as say as me as an investor, I see this company. I see they're offering you know very high returns. It was something you know a range of like five to ten percent monthly returns. And I say, oh, that's a really good deal. So I go to Binance, I purchase a Bitcoin, I send it to these guys, and then they send that they say that they're going to be, you know, lending this or using trading with this currency or something, generating returns of five to ten percent a month, and then paying me those returns essentially. Um, but you're saying that we don't actually know what they did with the money. It's sort of it, it's essentially, you know. Yeah, yeah. locked up in accounts or where no one knows where it is exactly. Uh, And they've ceased making payouts to investors as of December uh, last year, which which we'll get to in a second. But just maybe give us uh, an idea of like, how big was this operation? Like, how big was this company? Like, like how many? What was the total, you know, value locked or assets under management here? And, um, you know, who was all involved in this? Yeah. So the the prosecutors are saying that the couple that are that own rice company yeah they moved 1.5 billion 1.5 billion that in reais that is in dollars that's 209 million dollars the balance sheet the rice company disclosed in january in a civil case that we had as access Show us that they had 700 million from clients, so that it's a lot of money. They they say they say that they had 10,000 clients, but we think that it, it's way more because if it's 10,000 clients, 1.5 billion, it would be 100 150k for each client. But we know for a fact that they had a lot of small clients. And then we enter another question of yours. That is, who is the client? It's the people with very little money, puts like, I don't know, 10,000 reais there. And it's the, the judge of the city, the, the entrepreneur of the city that puts... 100k, 200k. So it seems that it's way more than 10,000 clients. But the so yeah. So the prosecute. So the prosecutors are saying that it's it's 10,000 clients that put in one 1.5 billion AIs, which is yeah. roughly 250 million, 300 million U.S. dollar terms. But your you according to your reporting and and what what you guys have been you know, sort of figuring out behind the scenes, it looks like those numbers may be quite larger uh, than, than what has, what the prosecutors are saying, basically. Yeah, yeah. The, the estimate, it's uh, too shy, I, I think, because the numbers don't, don't add up if you, if you do the math. Got it. So, so basically, this was this was a pretty massive operation that uh, included. I mean, it was not just your typical Ponzi scheme that that preys upon, you know, like you know, for lack of a better word, like sort of low low educated people or or kind of low information. Uh, but there was a lot of like local, you know, uh, politicians and like business people and like civil leaders who were all sort of involved in this. Um, it looks like Bryce company even had like a, like a really nice building, like in the middle in like the, like the business district and in, in, uh, 
Campina Grande, right? It's the name Campina of the city Grande, that they were located, yes, yes. which was in which is in Paraíba, uh, state in northeastern Brazil. So, I mean, maybe talk a bit more about just how, like, what was the influence of these guys in uh, in their local uh, their local state? Yeah, they they are very very big. So I think it's worth of note to to say that uh, the first time I heard about Bryce Company, it was December December of 2021 when I was covering a hearing of Brazilian Senate. A lot of people were talking about people of the industry, people executives of the exchanges were talking, senators are talking, people scientists and etc. And then Antonio Neto Ice, the owner of Bryce Company, was introduced to speak in behalf of the industry about blockchain etc and then my editor said oh this guy is a shady guy because uh, everybody on the background knew that the Bryce company it was 99% of of chance, of chance of being a ponzi scheme so we got like oh this is very bizarre and distressing like having this guy on the senate talking in, on behalf of the industry so but this shows the influence that he he had because a deputy a federal deputy congressman in brazil in, in the united states here is the deputy of his state julian lemos it was a big friend of him always posted on his on his instagram about Antonio Neto about Bryce Company and when Antonio Neto was in Brazilian Congress to speak about blockchain he took photos in the in the in the both houses in in areas that you just enter if you are a journalist or a congressman or a senator so that shows the the big influence so in this in his hometown Campina Grande he was very huge like entrepreneurs uh journalists because i know selino it's a social columnist that is very famous he was very much into the price company so he had a lot of influence in in his city and like you said he it was not like something did on the shadies on a no he had a he has a a big building with Bryce Company on the facade, and right. And so it's not it's not like a, it's not a PO box registered in you know no, no. or something. It's a no, it's like no. he had an actual physical building with it's a whole with, building. With, yeah. So yeah, actually, it's funny. I actually remember that that Senate hearing. Um, <laughs> I think I followed. I was following your reporting on it. Actually, it was quite funny because it was a, the, the hearing was all about like. You know, preventing scams and crypto or something. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, you might as well call. It takes one to know one, right? So you might as well <laughs> call in a guy who's you, actually. You should you know this guy, uh, yeah. But uh, well, tell us more about this. Uh, about Antonio Neto Ice. Um, he's he seems very um, prolific. Just looking at his like Instagram profile, and he, he kind of seems like one of these. Um, I mean, not the only stereotype here, but kind of one of these like Brazilian, like playboy type guys, right? Where he's got like, nice cars, he's got like, you know, beautiful women and he's always kind of travel, you know, he's, you know, he's like good looking and he's got, you know, he, he looks like one of these like very sort of, uh, 
uh, like extravagant guys that's that's always got some kind of something yeah. up his sleeve. So Antonio, if you look your uh, his Instagram, you see the 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 start of the when he started to really gain money because up until some some time I think 2019 he was a modest guy with some photos on beach and etc and then he started to post pictures in Dubai in London in Europe uh, with Porsche Ferrari with these expensive cars and things went really crazy because he bought he really bought a plane uh, so uh, Antonio is a lawyer he he has a degree at least as as I know he but he worked he worked on a, a office of a lawyer office up until I think 2017 then he worked on three Ponzi schemes that we we knew that after we it was disclosed that were Ponzi schemes, but it was not involved uh, involved with cryptocurrency. It was marketing multi level thing and etc. I don't know, but he learned the how to to do uh, a Ponzi scheme, a pyramid. So on these other companies got it so he's got so he's got he's got quite a bit he's so he's had some experience doing this right yeah i know how uh, of how yeah. to do yeah and and he added the cryptocurrency layer to to what he previously previously learned on these other schemes and he right. started to the, the bryce company that as we said it was this kind of different because you you buy cryptocurrency you send to him you need to know how to to open an account to to send to, from your wallet to another wallet so and he and he's this guy but curiously uh, because he you see his old pictures he was like a, a tiny a, a thin guy a thin guy and how and now he's very booked up you know. so right, right. yeah with the, the cars and the travels and etc but every person that i spoke some a lot of them off the records said that his wife fabricia campus it was the mastermind of the the project mm. she, she said what we're going to do with the money what are the 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 way that we're following uh Antonio was the the face because he was good with words and and do, recording videos and calling people to invest and calling people to trust. He has a famous phrase that uh, the guarantee is me. Looking look in my eyes, I can't hurt you. It's like some things like that. So Antonio is this uh, character. So but Fabricia. It's way more low profile, but a lot of people say that she's in command and the real, the real command. But uh, got it, got it. So, so she was. So, at least according to what you're, you've been told by by folks who are close to the situation, like she was kind of the the mastermind of it, and then he was, he was sort of the the face. Like he's this, you know, kind of good looking, charismatic, uh, 
Brazilian guy, right? Who's who's got you know he's got away with people, he's got away with words. It kind of has like all of the uh, kind of the, like the required. Uh, sort of criteria for a, a successful Ponzi scheme, right? Is you need like yeah. a nice charismatic person to be the face of the organization and go around and sell this to people and, and uh, you know, kind of uh, po extravagantly posting on social media with all these kind of show uh, off. Know, yeah, show, exactly. Show off a lot of wealthy. It's a, uh, it's always all of them need to need to do this show off a lot of wealthy driving in big cars and etc and, and right. he went to another level he, he he really bought a plane so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that's pretty good and then, and it's important to note that like you're saying like his, his pre pre bryce company pre 2018 uh, if you look at his social media it was it was fairly average he was just sort of an average guy, average guy. And, then, and then and then his his rise and start stardom uh was was you know, in tandem with essentially the, you know, the rise of Bryce company. So it's, I mean, obviously it's like, you know, correlation doesn't equal causation, but you know, it, it seems, seems like, there's, it seems like there's, a, there's definitely yeah. not a coincidence, right. Yeah. Uh, or it seems, it seems to be more than a coincidence you should say. Um, so let's fast forward here till about, so about December of last year, about three, four months ago uh, is when, uh, Bryce company ceased being able to make uh, its monthly payouts to investors. So, right, it had prom they had promised, uh, you know, five to ten percent returns each month to investors, and then the allegation, at least, is that they were making those payments just by using, you know, uh, new customer deposits, kind of classic Ponzi scheme material. Um, and so, those investors ceased getting their money for the payouts in December-ish of last year, uh, and then. Why don't you tell us a bit about what happened there and what's what's been happening since? Yeah, so the in December, like you said, they seized the payments to the clients. And when this happened in a Ponzi scheme, it's that when you have the avalanche, the downfall, because the client starts to complain, starts to complain on the social media, the new client, uh, possible new clients, get afraid of entering so they don't have the income to pay the old clients and and they started to to seize the payments to delay the payments to do to pay just some of them and this was getting bigger and bigger and on the first time uh, antonio neto said that it was a problem with an app that they were developing and etc on on a second phase he said that it was a problem with binance uh, binance was blocking their their account they're blocking their trying their their transferences uh, to the clients so the problem with with was with binance account second to to antonio but we 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 heard not, I sorry. I I read I read on a court case that the lawyer of Binance said the Bryce company never did a company account on Binance. They mm. just had Fabricia Campos personal account that did all the payments, the transferences, and etc. So the lawyer of Binance said Binance never blocked Bryce company and never did anything like this 
on the first Bryce company never did a company account on Binance that allows them to move a lot more money than a personal account. So and this is this is what on a on a civil case the on documents of a civil case that we had a sec access on January. So and, and but these excuses of an app and then Binance and etc. They have short leg because uh, the since gen, last uh, the final of January and the beginning of February, people just really lost their their patience and they did yeah. some. They went to the to the building of the Bryce Company to 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 demand their money to camp there to and. And then we, we we are on this situation right now because they have arrest warrants against Antonio Neto and Fabricio Campos. They are on the run. They are fugitives uh, because the heat was on. So so basically, in in December, uh, the clients were complaining that they couldn't get their money back. They were they were they weren't getting their 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 funds paid out to them. Uh, they were complaining on social media and on Hiklami Aki, which is kind of this, I don't know how you describe that in the United States, but kind of like a place where consumers will post complaints about businesses, almost like a Yelp or something. Uh, so people were complaining. And then uh, uh, Brad's company executives were coming up with these excuses about, uh, oh, it's an app or, oh, it's an issue with Binance. Uh, and then obviously those were kind of debunked or or seems like they didn't really have much much legs to stand on and then how did how did it escalate to uh like the authorities and the courts getting involved and and what, what was the impetus there what, what happened there to get the authorities involved so uh the the prosecutors the civil prosecutors because here in brazil there are different prosecutors there are civil prosecutors and criminal prosecutors the civil prosecutors said that they are they are investigating the Bryce company in the middle of in the beginning of February because when the client does a a complaint about a company, they are obliged obliged to 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 look out what what is happening. So the the civil prosecutors say, "Well, we are looking into this, and we are probably going to open a civil case against Bryce company." But the criminal, but but he said, but on the criminal side, I don't have anything to say because it's my, it's the other colleague that it's up to. So in February sixteenth, uh, we we heard this because the the federal police start to raid some, do some raids on the on the buildings of Bryce Company in three or four cities in Campina Grande, São Paulo, uh, I don't, I, maybe Rio, Rio de Janeiro, I don't know. And then we, we, we get to know that Polícia, Fed, Polícia Federal, police, uh, Federal Police, uh, police, it was investigating them. Uh, and I, I, I don't know exactly, but I think the, the whole uh, delaying payments and people gave momentum to to them to 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 go after because uh this was happening i for i don't know 
two years this company was happening but just now i think the the public pressure it was too much to to the police and to the prosecutors do nothing so they did right and, right so yeah. so you're saying saying like they, the, the authorities the federal police may have had suspicions so they probably had suspicions before you know even over the last two years but it wasn't until before that there wasn't anybody complaining about these guys right nobody was losing money so they really didn't have uh it wasn't maybe it wasn't a priority or they didn't have like the there, there wasn't enough of a of a reason to to really you know further investigate essentially until people started losing their money yeah. and complaining about it and they are being charged charged with crime against the popular economy that is include making a ponzi scheme this this, this is a uh, crime in Brazil. Uh, I, I know that is in other countries too, but it's a specific crime to do a Ponzi scheme in Brazil. It is written in the law, like, uh, uh, and they are facing up to twelve years in prison. And then, so Fabricia Campos and Antonio Neto Ice, where are they now? They, so they because uh, they, they were they were not in the offices when they when the buildings were raided, apparently, right? They, they were they were they were not in the offices. They spread uh, an audio saying, oh, we talked with the, the police yesterday and it's all fine. We are, we are obeying, we are helping the investigation. But it, this is a lie. They didn't talk to the, the police, with the authorities. And nobody knows where they are. So Antonio posted on his Instagram uh, and you got a way to see where the people are posting from. And he his post was posted from Argentina. So it's oh, a you're using like the, lo like the location tracking the lo on the phone. Okay. The location. I, I didn't know that, but uh, uh, people people investigate the his post and it's a very common feature of the Instagram. You you see where people posted, and he posted from Argentina. We don't know because maybe someone posted to to him. Maybe he used a VPN that that shows different right. locations from where you really are. But it was the only clue that people had that maybe he's in Argentina. But uh, then after he posted again with this option off so we don't know and i don't know he's under the the, the radar right now so we right, don't so know he's, he's he's on the run right he's, he's, a, he's a fugitive he, he's really yeah, no <laughs> so, he's really he's really on the run right now yeah. okay and and I, I saw recently or last week that the the courts in paraiba had requested that he be put on like the interpol like wanted list or fugitive list yeah that, so what's the story with that yeah yeah so the 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 court asked to interpol to include him and fabricia on the fugitive list but i checked just before enter with here with we feel the interpol list and they are they aren't in the the list yet but i don't know how how the process it is but they they aren't so people don't know a lot of people say that maybe he's in dubai i don't know it's kind of a thing for Brazilian rich people with problems with justice go to Dubai and, uh, and but but we don't know but I think soon 
he will be in the Interpol list. I think it's just a matter of a process to to do the, this thing. Um, and as far as the you know the investors, like the people that lost money in this, what is their? I mean, I, I know aside from just complaining, and I see that the people have been like kind of camping out outside the Price Company headquarters yeah. in, in Campina Grande, and people have been. Uh, you know, do these people have any real recourse at this point? Like, is there? Uh, I mean, what's the chances of these people getting their money back? Uh, it's very, very low, unfortunately, because the the Brazilian justice, justice system, it's very slow. And first, they need to freeze all the assets, identify the assets, and let the whole process roll on on the justice system and identify who is the clients, who is the creditors. Uh, so, and he started to, to sell his assets. We, we checked this. I, I did a report on this. He, on January, he, he, he sell, he sold his plane and he sold his mansion. Uh, he, his mansion, it was like worth of 15 million reais and he sell for, 12 millions of reais because he was trying to to get liquid right. to get so liquid. A, yeah, yeah it's a fire yeah. sale right where he's selling things at below their value and, just to yeah. sort of get get money yeah, yeah. And, and now we don't know for sure uh how many how worth their his assets uh worth and how many they are the planes, the cars, the etc. I don't know. the The prosecutors listed, I, I think, twenty cars uh, in his name. Good cars, Porsche, and etc. No, he has a lot of money, and yeah, he's, he's money, got good. He's got good. He's got good taste, right? Good taste. Yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he he has a lot of money, but I don't think this money it's enough to pay all of the clients because you're saying we are. If we take their their word for for Rio, it's seven hundred million reais that they were managing in client money. Uh, this one point billion, it's how much they moved. But they said they they managed seven hundred million reais. He doesn't have this money. This yeah. I, I think this money it's evaporated and etc. And cold wallets in cars in the na in name of other persons in. So an, an account, accountist, I don't know, the, the person who do the account for a company uh, did uh, an article for us in Portal Bitcoin explaining that it, it's very, very unlikely that people will receive some money because, well, hmm. these things happen in past. Brazil have this historic history of Ponzi schemes and nobody received anything for as long as I know, in this last five years, and these things are happening with cryptocurrency right. as a bait or as a part of the the system. So, for the right. client, it's a very dire uh, future, unfortunately. Yeah, so it's a pretty low chance of getting anything back. Basically, is, is unfortunately kind of. Yeah. And then, what about the the people that were involved in this kind of? you know, support it, like the, you know, the, the politicians and kind of some of these like business leaders and things that were involved in this. I mean, is there any, 
like real consequence for any of these people or like what what's going to be the is there any repercussions for these people uh, so, that may have been sort of supporting him along the way so uh the the arrest warrants it's just for the couple antonio and fabrizio by now but they have a lot of people that work with them so i think we'll see more of charges against uh, uh, another other people that are in the inner circle i think the big question is the people that they used to call the brokers that what is a broker bryce broker what it was it was a person like uh, joe that started to sell contracts with price company and he received fees and he was mm -hmm. an interme intermediary so it a lot of people made a lot of money with this and these people are feeling the the heat more than antonio because antonio it's too far from the normal client this normal client it's putting pressure on this broker this person mm. that sold this contract to him so the big question is these brokers they will be charged with something or they they will just say well we didn't know we thought that was right. a legitimate business we're just selling uh, a contract we don't know because if this happened there is uh maybe uh in hundreds of people that could be charged with something if if the prosecutors tr try to go after them it's a lot of people right right and then and then these guys have a legitimate defense where they were they could say well we didn't know you know we thought it was a legitimate thing but on the other hand uh i think if these guys are brokers or you know advisors of some sort they need to be kind of doing their due diligence and recommending good things to their clients i suppose but uh but it is interesting that they had that brass company had also network of these guys, these brokers that were out selling these contracts on their behalf, right? So it wasn't just, you know, I go to the Bryce company website and I send them my money, but it was like, there's a whole network of intermediaries who are selling this stuff on their behalf, basically. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. That I think that was the, the big deal. I think that was, there was a, a small part of people that went directly to to the website of Brass Company, directly to the to the building, to the headquarters in Campina Grande. But the, the vast majority of people get to know Brass Company by a broker. So and now we have uh, Instagram that bro Bryce brokers to to identify these people to posting print screens and etc because these people are trying to are deleting photos changing the bio bio in their social accounts and etc uh, because um, but that was how you said the vast majority of people that went to to Bryce company was was with these brokers mm, interesting yeah. interesting um and then so let's chat here quickly about like kind of the broader um well actually before we kind of talk about broader context i'd like to just talk a bit about a letter that you i think it was you or one of your colleagues obtained from a from a lawyer for bryce company who was you know they sent a memo to, to the, the employees of the, of the company that's basically saying like this was like the company's own lawyer that was basically saying like we don't know what's going on here like there's no one in charge 
um, you know, we, we suggest you find your own, you know, personal legal representation. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's, what's, what's at stake here for, for the, uh, the, I mean, I think there's even some rumors about like all the, the company, all the employees were, were terminated or laid off and, and there's a lot of speculation around that right now, but what, what's going to happen to the, the actual company and the, the people that I, I assume, I mean, if these guys had a whole, you know, tower of, you know, in the, in the center of the city, they probably had a lot of employees and, you know, most of these people probably didn't even really realize what was going on. Um, yeah. But what's going to happen to these people that were that were like employed there or, or involved with the company in, in some some aspect? I think the people, who, the employees, uh, I think they are on a situation that they will they will try to seek injustice, their salary, their benefits, because the company imploded from a night to a night from the other other morning like you understand what i what i say right like, yeah like almost like overnight it, it, overnight, it within a matter of week within a matter of weeks right like it, uh, it just yeah sort of it was overnight because, uh, yeah uh, and to a, a point uh, it was operating people were no we have some problems but we, we are operating and the and the other day overnight how, how the Antonio was uh, on the run. The the, the, po the police, will, the authorities was after him. So, and and this lawyer that that sent this message to the employees, it's the lawyer that was involved in the hedge fund that Antonio Neto created. Uh, in fact, he bought a hedge fund that was approved by our uh, SEC, Brazilian SEC. Uh, and this lawyer, Orlando Virginio, it was the uh, director of this hedge fund. So he's really close to, to Antonio. And, but like he said, I think nobody knows it, no, no one is in charge. In charge, and overnight things just went south for right. everybody there. So the, I think I, I, don't know about the employees. Uh, everybody's thinking way more on the clients and the authorities and the owners. Uh, it's a good question. I think we're going to try to to contact them to to know the day by day activities and etc. I, I know that they they had some pressure, some political pressures to to vote for for Bolsonaro and etc. We did a report on this. Not my, my colleague did a report on this. So. So it had kind of this it, this weird sort of like you know cultish atmosphere kind of uh, vibe to it where there was you know it's like it's I mean it kind of feels like your typical you know Ponzi scheme sort of corporate vibe where you have to sort of if you don't if you don't agree with the vision like you're you're a detractor and you're you know, yeah you're, yeah you're, a, you're not a believer you know a lot of that designers like uh, let's go scream like a hero let's go do, do this thing like let's clap when antonio enters the, the the room things like that yeah that happened yeah and so to, to wrap up here i wanted to just get like a, a bit of broader context from you around um kind of how this particular case of bryce company fits into the broader world of like brazilian crypto ponzi schemes uh yeah. and you had you had mentioned uh last time we spoke that 
and even I think your your edu editor uh, Claudio was was mentioning that you know this 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 is probably like the last of like the major like Brazilian Bitcoin Ponzi schemes uh, we've had like a whole basically you know there's like five or six of these things that have kind of blown up over the past couple of years, uh, but this is probably the last one of any serious scale that uh, we would expect to see at least for some time. Um, but maybe kind of give us like a bit of context around like why you, I mean, is this, is this like the end of an era of Brazilian bit? I mean, I think we're, I think I'm going to end up doing an entire new podcast just on like Brazilian Bitcoin Ponzi schemes. So there's, there's definitely enough content here for, for, you know, yeah. for, for quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of a uh, good conversation, but, but as far as, um, you know, is this the kind of the end of an era here? Are we witnessing, uh, or yeah. is is this you know is this just are we going to keep? I, I mean, I know I know in the the current law that, that was just approved back in December, there's some um, there, there's uh, it, it, it amplifies the penalties for people that are using cryptocurrencies to commit financial crimes. You know, in this case, would be you know basically trying to crack down on on cryptocurrency pyramid schemes. Um, but I guess that begs the question that. Uh, I mean, Bitcoin, pyramid schemes were already illegal in Brazil before, yeah. and people are still doing them. So, you know, like, is this is this, is this new law really going to prevent people from doing these types of things? It's maybe the question. Yeah. So Sorry, that, was, that was a lot. Of, that was a lot of information. I just no, 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 no. It's fine. So I think it's historic because it's like you said, it's the the last of the really huge Ponzi schemes in Brazil because we are talking about. Ten thousands of people, millions, billions, this kind of uh, scale, big scale. So we had Bitcoin Banco, gas, rental coins, and then we had Bryce Company that it was the last standing and now it's not standing anymore. And the law that you mentioned, it was, I think it really had momentum, gained momentum when because of these Ponzi schemes, because a lot of people were saying, well, this is a wild west, like people give their money, the, 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 the companies just fled with the money and etc. And nobody knows. And they say, oh, it's cryptocurrency. They don't have regulation. It's it's under no, nobody has fault on anything. So it was this kind of feeling that put the pressure on the authorities to to know let's let's pass a law let's vote a law let's let's do a bill to to regulate this system and this was really the 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 motive for the the law mm -hmm. to to pass so so i think the the law as you said it was signed by the president then it was Jair Bolsonaro in December and starts to to really being applied in the, the middle of the year because we have this six months period to to the people. So I think because of the law and because of the authorities seeing these cases going on and on and on and people in the press doing articles and TV shows and etc. about this, I think the Brazilian population is being educated about, well, cryptocurrency, it's not a magic box that you put money and goes right. and went up and you go out with 10% uh, of your money every month. No, it's an investment like 
any others. It's a very volat volatile investment. Uh, so I, I think Bryce Company, it's kind of marking this this end of an era. And I, I think the, the new era will be the more normal regulatory area of economy, like exchanges and companies. But we don't know uh, the the cap we can under underestimate the capacity the capacity of people to be full. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, there's the reason there's a reason that Ponzi schemes have uh, have existed for hundreds of years, right? Yeah. <laughs> but 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 it but it's historic here, and, and it feels like a an end of an era. Yes. Very cool. Um, well, thank you so much, Fernando. Really appreciate your time and uh, great work reporting on all this. Uh, I'm sure it, you know it's uh, it keeps busy <laughs> keeps yeah, yeah. during the during this, this crypto winter, right? You know, uh, so nicely done. You know, very good work by you and your colleagues on, on chasing this story, and, and uh, you know, we'll want we'll to see how it all concludes. Thank you, thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me. People that are listening that is interested in this subject can contact me uh, by social media, by our, by our website, portaldobitcoin.com.br. But if you are interested in something and you don't read Portuguese or something like that, you just can contact us. We can we can explain or translate or something. Uh, well, uh, it's been a pleasure to to be here. To it's my premiere on a podcast in English, so I. You did great. You did great. Yeah, it's, uh, excuse it's, me if if I miss the words and etc. But it's a pleasure. Uh, it's 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 hard enough doing this in your own language, yeah. much less a second language. So totally appreciate you willing to to put yourself out there and and uh, and do this and help us all get informed on this on this situation. So. All right, thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back soon with another great episode. Obrigado everyone and thanks for listening. Please make sure you subscribe to the Brazil Crypto Report newsletter on Substack if you haven't already. And please do give the show a five-star rating on your podcast app if you enjoyed this content. We'll be back soon with another great guest.